Today's reading is from John 15, I'm sorry, Mark 15, verses 21 through 32. A passerby named Simon, who was from Cyrene, was coming in from the countryside just then, and the soldiers forced him to carry Jesus' cross. Simon was the father of Alexander and Rufus, and they brought Jesus to a place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull. They offered him wine, drugged with myrrh, but he refused it. Then the soldiers nailed him to the cross. They divided his clothes and threw dice to to see who would get each piece. It was nine o'clock in the morning when they crucified him. A sign announced the charge against him. It read, the King of the Jews. Two revolutionaries were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. The people passing by shouted abuse, shaking their heads in mockery. Ha, look at you now, they yelled at him. You said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Well then save yourself and come down from the cross. The leading priests and teachers of religious law also mocked Jesus. He saved others, they scoffed, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, this King of Israel, come down from the cross so we can see it and believe him. Even the men who were crucified with Jesus mocked and ridiculed him. Some insights to share from our reading today on the crucifixion. Mark's gospel is the earliest of the four gospels. And so when he mentions Simon of Cyrene and adds parenthetically that Simon was the father of Alexander and Rufus, the reason that Mark does this most likely is that many of the hearers, many of those early readers of his gospel knew these people. For us, we come to the gospel not as insiders, but as outsiders. But for them, for many of them, they would have known these places and these people. The second thing that we note is the place of the crucifixion is called Golgotha, and that's translated to mean the place of the skull. It would have been a place outside of the city limits, and it would have been an outcropping that resembled a skull. There is much debate about it today. There are two primary locations in Jerusalem for this this locus or this uh, particular place called Golgotha. Um, And so it gives you a better sense when you begin to see these places, what it means. The third thing that we note is that Jesus is offered wine mixed with the drug myrrh. This is a humanitarian gesture that would have been offered only by the Jews. It was not offered by the Romans and it would not have been offered by the Romans. It was the practice of Romans not to be humanitarian to to death row inmates. Nonetheless, Jesus refuses the drug. There is not a lot of detail about the crucifixion. People would have known the details, so you wouldn't need to share much with them. The soldiers cast lots, it says. They cast lots for his garments. 
after dividing up his clothes. Who's going to get which pile? This is a quote that is taken from Psalm 22, verse 18. And familiarity with this scripture, again, uh, the people would have been very familiar with these scriptures, highlights that God's plan is proceeding and it is necessary. The king of the Jews is going as it has been written of him. Jesus was executed by Pilate as the king of the Jews. When God raises Jesus from the dead, he is hailed as the crucified and risen Messiah King. So it's Pilate who made Jesus's royalty an issue. And it is Jesus's identity now as the King that marks him from God's plan, according to scripture. Two others were crucified with him. They are identified as bandits. Again, this would not have been translated as robbers, but rather they're like revolutionaries, guerrillas. Uh, they were perhaps members of the group that Barabbas was arrested with, but they were both crucified with Jesus, one on his right and one on his left. And that one was that, that they were crucified on his left and his right conjures up James and John's question earlier about being seated in places of honor next to Jesus. What they didn't understand at that time, but what they're beginning to understand perhaps now is this is what it means to be associated, to be affiliated with the King of the Jews, to be one on his right and one on his left. Towards the end of our reading for today, two groups of bystanders mock Jesus as he hangs on the cross. What's interesting about this is that the literal translation of the word for mocking Jesus or deriding Jesus is actually blaspheme. At his trial, Jesus is condemned for blasphemy, yet it is Jesus's enemies who are guilty of blasphemy. They are blaspheming the king of the Jews as they mock him, as they deride him. And it is precisely by, by not saving himself that Jesus will save others. They taunt him to come down from the cross, but it is the cross which is necessary. Jesus will not and does not come down. And in his death on a cross is revealed his true identity, the one that Pilate seemed to know, if even mockingly, that Jesus is the Messiah, the King of Israel. So what does Jesus's dying and his death mean for us on this particular day? As we are confronted with this deadly virus, with injustice, with lawlessness, with a lack of coherent leadership, what does his death mean for us? for bystanders, and how will we respond? Let's pray about this. Gracious God, we thank you for your son, Jesus, for the king of all nations, the king of kings, who has come to be our Messiah, to save us from our sins. You have brought us freedom, Lord. Help us to use this freedom 
to bring honor and praise and glory to you by caring for our neighbors, even those whom we may disagree with. Teach me to love all of your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.